Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Fixin' to Talk Sports. I am your host, Ryan Brown, and joining me today are Dan Roach, and for the first time ever, Brendan Connolly. Fellas, how are we doing? Pretty good, thanks. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing swell. Doing swell, Brendan. Dan? Yeah, happy to be here. Good to be back on. Of course, of course. So I got you guys on here to talk some Red Sox, talk some Major League Baseball. I know, Dan, we talked about, we did a, a little bit of an MLB season preview show about a month or so ago. I think it's time to do a little season update. So let's get, get after it. So in terms of the Red Sox, they entered tonight 22-13, and 13, which was actually good for the best record in Major League Baseball. They did lose tonight to the Orioles, so sad face. But they still took three out of four. Uh, that Entering tonight, they were three and a half games ahead of both the Yankees and the Rays for first place in the AL East. They were six and four in their last ten. Uh, so I guess the, the, the question is, let's get your first thoughts on, on the Red Sox so far this season. I mean, first, best record in the league. I mean, holy crap. Yeah, they, they've been a really fun team to watch. And I mean, um, I, I'm probably part of the outlier group that that watched the team um, pre- pretty heavily last year. And I I mean, there's still things to enjoy, I found, as, as a pretty hardcore baseball fan. But um, coming into this year, obviously, there was some pessimism. And uh, I think that's kind of turned around a bit. I think that the team's a lot of fun to watch. And they're kind of proving it on, on a nightly basis. They're never out of games. And they're they're just a blast. Yeah, I think, you know, for this team uh, as a whole, you got to be happy. I mean, they're in first place. I don't think anyone expected this. Um, Way better than last year. I think last year I started out and I was ready for baseball season, Uh, you know, even with the the condensed season sort of uh, leading up to it. You missed baseball for a while and I was into it until until the players kind of gave up. You know, I think J.D. had a couple of remarks late last year that that sort of made you think that guys are just – had bailed out on the season. And uh, so I'll admit not the, the most uh, religious fan last year, uh, but I definitely watched her or listened to a good chunk of the game so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've have obviously have not been able to watch much of the games this year, except for the nationally televised ones. Uh, Arkansas doesn't really sponsor Nesson, So it's unfortunate. Uh, but uh, let's, let's talk about some, some of the players that have impressed and some of them that have disappointed despite the good start. Uh, so Brendan, uh, who or what has impressed you the most early on in the Red Sox season? Uh, probably my favorite guy to watch. And I think I'm probably going to be echoing a lot of what people are saying around new England um, has been Garrett Whitlock. He's, he's been, um, he's a guy that we got from the Yankees for nothing out of the rule five draft. And um he's been so fun to watch pitch and uh, struggled a bit last week. I didn't get to watch the game, but um, I, I'm pretty sure he's bounced back since then. And he's just been a total, a total blast to watch. He's a prospect that we'll, we'll have moving forward now. And uh, you get that nice little storyline that, that we took him from New York. So that that's, that's a ton of fun. That's, that's always the kicker when you get a chance to do that. Uh, DR, what about you? Who's impressed you so far? Uh, you know, it's got to go from the pitching. I think a lot of the hitters, um, even the guys that are really stepping up and, and carrying the weight of this team, 
I don't think that those names are people that, you know, really surprise people um, as well as Bogarts and Martinez and, and all those guys are really playing, but uh, as sort of a surprise guy, um, you know, is, is Nick Pavetta for me, um, you know, his numbers, I guess, don't pop at your eye, but I mean, he'll, he'll throw some, some real nice, real nice starts together. And I think, I think when he's out there, for the most part, he looks in control. I know he's had a couple slip-ups, but I mean, he went toe-to-toe with DeGrom. The, the whole pitching staff as a as a team let up what was it? Um, I think they shut him out, didn't they, when that game won nothing? Something like that. Um, I believe so, yeah. So I know I know he's he's had a rocky MLB start, and last year uh, I think he kind of reined it in a little bit. He's got like a I think like a low threes ERA. So but he's been he's been great, and they've won. He's five and zero on the year, so I just he's somebody that I feel more and more sure about when he takes the mound, uh, and I, I think that was something that was a big question going into this year with the rotation. Yeah, his he's got a three one nine ERA so far. The five and zero record is squeaky clean. Uh, he's only allowed twenty four hits in thirty six and two thirds innings pitched. So he's he's been a tough find uh, for hitters to figure out. The only thing that I would say is the 22 walks is, is a little bit concerning, but he's been able to be uh, wildly effective as uh, some would say, but he's, he's got it. He's got it figured out. He's off to a hot start. And uh, as you've mentioned in the chat before DR, I mean, we just fleeced the Phillies in that workman trade. I mean, <laughs> if Pavetta's given us this man, that's that's a steal and a half for me. I do want to shout out one of the hitters. Uh, Alex Verdugo is finally living up. He didn't do so hot last year. Uh, he was fine. There was nothing wrong with what he did put uh, numbers wise, but he's batting 306 this year, 362 OBP. But the, the thing that sticks out to me the most is he's got the least amount of strikeouts amongst the everyday starters. So He's putting the ball in play consistently. He's getting on base. He's hitting for a high average. And he's only made one error on the season. So he's he's giving you – this is the, the the major league level caliber starting replacement for Mookie Betts that you were looking for in return for that trade. So I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with what I'm seeing with Verdugo so far. Now, in terms of disappointments, um, for me, I'm just going to generalize it. It's the newcomer's to the lineup. So you're talking about guys like Bobby Dalbeck. You're talking about guys like Marwin Gonzalez and, and whatnot. Those guys have combined to all hit below. They're all hitting below 240 on the season. And all but one of them, Marwin Gonzalez, have OBPs below 300. And they've got a 0.5 war on the season. I know it's early, to, so war is not really a big telling stat at this point. But you really would have liked to have seen something from those guys early on. And you really haven't gotten much of anything uh, in terms of production from the lineup. Yes. You've got a guy like Hunter Renfro, who's got you 17 RBIs on the season. That's nice. Enrique uh, Hernandez also has uh, four home runs just like Renfro does. But in terms of consistency, it's, it seems like they just deliver in, in sparse opportunities um, so I'd like to see the new guys kind of chip in more at, in the lineup when, when the opportunity presents itself. Uh, Brandon, what about you? Yeah, I, I mean, um, 
I, I kind of I, I'd agree with you generally there that the the newcomers definitely have not been shining too brightly yet. Um, uh, kind of going in the opposite direction, going very specific. I'd say Raphael Devers specifically on defense. Um, I was really hoping that with the return of Cora, um, who inspired a lot of confidence in him in 18. And, and I think you saw a very, a very big increase in his, um, his ability on the field defensively in 2018. Um, I was hoping we'd get a little bit of that spark back and um, I, I, I don't think I've seen it. I just, anytime the balls hit his way, it feels like um, there's a little bit of holding your breath and hoping that the ball won't end up in the fifth row. So um, that's something that I'd like to see him improve on and uh, ex execute on a more consistent basis. Yeah, I think, I think the defensive from third base uh, has not been good. Uh, or even a first base for, for that matter. Uh, I agree with you that, you know, it's a tale of uh, really two different halves of the lineup. You've got sort of the three, four, five guys that are carrying it, and then the rotation of another five guys at the bottom half who just aren't really holding their weight. Uh, if I had to pick sort of another negative, um, I mean, there's a couple guys in, in this bullpen that, I mean, when they come in, it's just – it's, it's brutal. Yeah, you, you're talking about your Austin Austin Bryce um, – Philip Valdez, I think, has cleaned it up. He was in that category earlier in the year. Josh Taylor is just horrendous. That guy is – I mean, he comes in and it's just guaranteed giving up runs. Um, so so there's some guys that I think they just use to get innings out of them, and that's not a huge deal early on in the season. You know, even Ottavino has been shaky at times uh, in some high-level leverage situations. So I think not the end of the world that you have some guys in the bullpen who, who are kind of – just there eating innings. Uh, if, if they continue on this trajectory and, you know, you can share that up at the deadline um, or even a guy like Edward Bizzardo, you can see how he looks um, if he's ready to come up. So I'm not super worried about that, um, but man, it just sucks watching those guys. Yeah. I mean, especially when the starters have been solid, they haven't been like amazing by any stretch of the imagination, but the starters have put in quality work so far early on. And you'd like to see the bullpen sort of carry that momentum over. And they, and only really Barnes and Whitlock have. The other guys have been shaky at best. Uh, so hopefully they can get their acts together uh, going forward. Uh, before we sort of take a quick look around the league, I do want to just ask a quick question. Did any of us really ex expect Boston to be in the position where they are, the top spot? in the AL East, let alone Major League Baseball, 36 games into the season? No, I mean, anyone who, who, who would say that is just, I mean, they're lying. Um, I think I think what, what's what's due mainly to this, right now the rotation is healthy, uh, which it won't be for the, for the whole year, or um, history would tell you that these guys as a group won't stay healthy for the whole year. Uh, and eventually, you know, Bogarts and and Martinez and Verdugo endeavors, they're going to come down a little bit. Um, you know, the, especially Bogarts and Martinez, those guys aren't going to hit 350 the whole year. Uh, you'd like to think maybe you can get some more from the bottom half of the lineup, but there are some, some, some groups and some players who are greatly overperforming and it's, it's helping the team out in a big way right now. I agree with that. I, I, I mean, if, if you think, if someone says that they thought the Red Sox are going to have the best record in baseball, really at any point past like a week into the season by dumb luck. I think, um, I think that they'd be lying to you. It, it's, it's definitely a surprise that I think 
they're this good, but um, I did expect them to compete for the division. I, I think that um, they weren't they weren't the favorites by any mean uh, by any means, but um, I, I always thought the division would kind of be a dogfight this year with really four teams that I thought could win it. So um, it, it's good to see them actually living up to and exceeding expectations for the first time in a couple of years. Totally agree there. So let's, let's take a, a quick look around the rest of the league. Uh, looking at the AL central, you've got the white Sox currently sitting atop there. They, they own the best run differential in the league at, at plus 53. Their, their pitching has just been fantastic so far and they've had the offense to boot and out in the AL West, You've got the Oakland A's. They're 21-15. That's the second best in the AL. And that's mostly thanks to that 13-game win streak they had uh, earlier on uh, last month. And they yet they still have a negative 10 run differential, which I, I still can't wrap my, my mind around. I mean, obviously, they took some really tough L's, uh, but like that's, that's crazy to me. Um, the, the, in looking at the National League, the, the NL East to me is just a crapshoot right now. Nobody's really distancing themselves. Uh, it, a lot of mediocrity right now. Some teams are start like the Mets are starting to figure it out, but man, that looks like it could also be a, a dog fight. The Cardinals in the central are heating up. They've got the best record in the NL. They've won eight of 10. So they look to be sort of getting their groove on. And then I think the most surprising thing uh, in the national league is the San Francisco giants are in first place in the NL West, not the Padres, yeah. not the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's the San Francisco giants. And the, the Dodgers meanwhile are in a tailspin after such a hot start. They are not even in second place in their division. They're third behind the giants and the Padres. They've lost eight of 10. They're on a massive sort of, uh, losing streak not currently they're all, they've only lost one straight but losing eight of their last 10 is just not something you anticipated from the dodgers uh, after that hot start so kind of just given a lay of the land uh, what what stood out to you guys about the rest of the league sans the red sox brendan i'll start with you sure um i think um you mentioned the uh the white sox in the al central they're they've been a fun team to watch and um, like you said, they're, they're, they're effective on both sides of the ball. And I think that division in particular, I was really excited to see Kansas city try to make a push for um, competing for that division. And uh, they started out slow, they got hot for a while and now they're um, back on a losing streak again. I, I kind of hope to see them turn it around again and um, make that a race there between the white Sox and the Royals. That, that would be fun to see. Um, beyond that, the, like you mentioned, the NL West, um, one of the one of the things that's amazed me about the Dodgers is even during this um, this spiral, they lose Dustin May, um, and I was having a conversation with a few people about about just that injury and um, how big of a blow that is. But then you remember they they still have Bueller and Kershaw, Bauer, David Price will come back into the rotation probably at some point. Tony Gonsolin um, possibly when he's back, uh, he's hurt now and rehabbing, so when he's back, he's a rotation piece and. Um, they still have Urias still at the yeah. yeah exactly at the bottom so I mean they're they're poised to turn it around they're they're absolutely going to it's just a matter of time and uh, I think that that whole division especially with San Francisco 
jumping out to a lead here. That'll be fun to watch because you got basically the consensus two best teams in baseball before the season started um, in second and third. So that, that'll be a really fun race to watch as the, as the weeks and months go on here. Yeah, I think, um, you know, what's been most surprising for me, I think, I think if you were to ask who the consensus team to win the AL East was, it, it would have been the Yankees. And I mean, they had a real, real, real tough time for the season. Um, as of late, they, they picked it up. I know they went on a nice little winning streak. I think they're like seven and one uh, this month, um, you know, at the time we record this. Um, so they've turned it back on. Uh, and I think they're in second right now. But um, so they're, they're definitely a team to watch. It kind of sucks that as a Sox fan, specifically, you couldn't catch them when they were, they were struggling and all the games are backloaded, but it is what it is. Got to fight through that. Uh, I think you're right. The Royals, they started out real hot. Um, they're on a bad losing streak right now, but that's a team that I think hasn't been good for a while. Uh, and, you know, when you're in a, a division like that with the White Sox and the Twins uh, and the Indians have, 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 have been better than I think people would have thought uh, through, through this point. So I think that's, that's a fun division and a sneaky good division. And if the Royals uh, continue to be a competitive team uh, or can get back to that, uh, that'll be a blast to watch. Uh, and then yet you have to talk about the Giants being in first place. Wild. Um, they overachieved last year, and I think that they're doing it again um, in a big way right now. I don't think it'll hold, but it's a fun storyline for for right now. Um, and and the Rockies just look they're, they're they look real dumb right now. They look pretty lost after they lost their GM, um, the Arenado trade, who's been lighting it up in the, for the first place Cardinals. Um, so I think that's just a, a tough situation there uh, and something that, that warrants mentioning mm-hmm. I, i'm glad you pointed out the twins though i i know that they were due for regression at some point they've they've been just a home run machine getting over with above average pitching but to see them have one of the worst records in baseball uh at this point is a little shocking to me uh, i would have thought they would have been at least somewhat close to 500 if if that uh instead they're they're a 12 and 20 ball club and they're just struggling uh, to, to get wins right now. So I'll be interested to see if they can turn things around. Yeah, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to watch a lot of Twins baseball. I think when they played the Sox, though, I want to say some of their sluggers were having a tough time and were, were waffling. The power wasn't there, and the averages were, were, were pretty pretty low. Yeah. Then they've also been struggling pitching-wise. Kenta Maeda is supposed to be their like top dog, their ace. And he's got like a six four four ERA, so he's he's struggled. He's had a slow start to his season, so he's got to figure things out and help them get back into the mix. Um, but I, I do want to circle back to the Red Sox, and I want to pose this question because I think it's a it's an interesting one. Uh, how I want to know how long you guys think the Red Sox can maintain their top spot in not only the division but like in the American League as a whole. Because obviously it could just be a matter of days where they give up the top spot in the American League, but and it could be the same. Same could be said about the division. But I'm interested to see how long you guys think they can keep this up for. Dr. I'll start with you. Top spot in the division uh, that could go within a week. Um, I mean, it just could in the nature of things. You get a couple bad starts here and there. Um, some of these other teams who've been playing really well uh, continue to to be on that track. In terms of the division. Um, the team that's got to scare you right now is the Yankees. They've been playing really hot. Um, you know, not that the Rays and, and the the Jays are out of it by any means, but just the way that the Yankees have really turned it around. Uh, come on. I think they're seven and one this month. So 
Um, I mean, they're, they're three games back. You know, I'd say week and a half, two weeks, it, that could be anyone's game there. Um, I'd be really disappointed if by the end of the week the, the Sox weren't in first place hmm. in, in the AL East. Yeah, I, I mean, in in terms of holding on to the top spot in the East, I think, um, like Dan said, I think that could go within a week. You get a bad slide and you get one of the other teams um, getting hot or staying hot. Um, and that spot's gone. But I don't, in terms of competing for the top spot in the AL East, I expect them to be there all year. Um, you've seen each team has its flaws, and um, the Yankees are hitting their groove now, but I don't know that they have the starting pitching, just as the Red Sox, I don't know if they have the starting pitching for an entire season of um, sustaining this level of winning. But I, I think everyone has their question mark, and at the same time, everyone has their strength and um between Boston, New York, and Tampa Bay, I, I expect that to be kind of a, a three-team rotation for the rest of the year, and um, we'll, we'll see how it ends up in the end. But um, in, in terms of the the entire league, I fully expect San Diego or LA to put string together some wins, take over that top spot in the league, and um, I, I still think that'll happen at some point. Yeah. I, I'm I'm with you guys. I definitely think that in eventually, if whether it's a week or two, or the end of the month, they're gonna relinqu- they're gonna cool off a little bit, and someone's gonna someone that's within striking range is gonna get hot, pick up some wins, and they won't have the best record in the American League or MLB anymore. But I do think it's it's not like I, uh, impossible to see the Red Sox maintain the top spot into June. I think that might be asking a little bit much, but that's three weeks time. And yes, the Yankees are picking it up. I mean, the Rays and Blue Jays have also won six out of 10. So they're, they're right there too. And they're in striking gain, uh, striking distance. Um, but I think if the Red Sox can maintain the, the level of hitting, I mean, they, they lead the league and run scored for crying out loud, which is that that's, that's a huge get for them. Uh, if they're able to keep that pace up and, and keep the amount of pitching or maybe get a little bit better pitching specifically from the bullpen. Cause uh, like we've said uh, outside of Barnes and Whitlock, it's, it's been a little shaky and inconsistent, incon- inconsistent rather. Um, I, I do think that they could theoretically hold on to the ALE's lead into June before they fall into second place for a bit or take a little bit of a, a nose dip. Um, but we'll have to see. I, I think it really just comes down to, to pitching and whether or not, because we, I think we can all agree the hitting is going to be there. That maybe the, the top guys come down a little bit to the norm. The, the guys that are struggling uh, improve to the norm and that'll balance, that should balance things out. But I think it really just comes down to the pitching. I, do they have the depth? Do they have the talent? And we can only wait and see on that. Yeah, I think to, to your point, I'm, I'm a little bit of a sicko when it comes to, like, stats. Like, I'll, I'll just sometimes sit down on I'll, I'll just, like, mill through stats and, like, write them down and look for correlations. And I think it was probably, like, a year ago, I went down and looked at sort of how they had stacked up at the end of the year, um, the, the Sox meeting in, in terms of the league and, and run scored. And it's, like, they, they win that stat or they're in the top five, like – 80% of the time since like 2000, like they run scored scoring runs is not this team's problem. Never has been. It's always been the pitching for this team. And when they can string together a good bullpen, and a good rotation, 
Um, that's when you see that's when you see some hardware. Um, it, it is it some I'm surprised the stat isn't out there more, but I think you'd be really shocked how many times that they're in like the top five in the league in runs scored or just um, you know around that or, or even when first and second. So not really worried about this team's ability to have runs across the, the plate. I'm worried about this team's ability to prevent the other other team from scoring runs across the plate. So as we sort of begin to wind down here, uh, I do want to ask if you guys have any second thoughts about what your expectations were for the Red Sox going into the season. Uh, Dan, I know I, we got, we gave ours on uh, my season preview show, but I don't, Brendan, what were your expectations for the Red Sox going into the season? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that they were definitely, I'd say if you asked me before the season, I would have said that, I probably put them in the third spot in the division, but should be competing for a division title. And I think that's right where they are. And so that's, that's meeting expectations for me. Um, another big thing that I was expecting to see, and I'm still looking forward to seeing is um, over the off season, high and bloom, I forget exactly where it was, but he mentioned that um, something that Red Sox fans can expect to see this year is the new core of the Red Sox emerge basically and, and really solidify themselves and um by the end of the year we'd, we'd really get to see this is the next core group that's going to compete for titles um up until this point i'd say that the core group in my eyes is still the core group that was here before i haven't seen much of a change to that at all bar the addition of alex Rodugo, who's um been a great addition to that core but not quite differentiating it in my eyes um, I'd love to see whether it's the younger guys like Duran, um, maybe Jeter Downs. I don't expect to see him this year, but um, I'd like to see one of those other guys kind of step up and show that they're they're ready to join that core soon, um, or possibly another acquisition or someone we already have really taken another step forward. So um, that that would be really cool to see. Mm. Now, Dan, I believe on our, our season preview show, we were kind of in agreement that they were more of a wild card team than a, a division contender. Uh, I think I more so had them as a fringe wild card team more than anything. Um, so, are you are you having sort of second thoughts on on what you you expected the Red Sox having seen what you've seen so far? Yeah, I mean, I think that they they should compete for the division title. Um, I think. You know, if, if you were to put a gun to my head, I would say they're a wild card team right now. Um, I think that, I mean, it, things look great right now. I'm happy with the way they're playing, um, but I, I think that they are overperforming. Um, I mean, they certainly have some great pieces, and you've seen it from um, some of the younger guys and, and some of those core guys that have been here. The rotation has been just just better than it's going to be for, for the whole year. Um, you know, I, I'd, be, I'd be happily wrong. If, if this rotation um, continues on this pace uh, and goes out and, and continues on this way, but, and, and you know, that, that certainly could happen if they stay healthy. Um, Richards is going to be up and down. Erod has been not sharp, but, but I think he's done a good job of limiting damage. Um, same with Avaldi. I mean, Avaldi's has slid as of late. He started out really, really hot. Um, so, I mean, if they can stay healthy, um, it's not, they're not one pitcher centric. Like you look at some of these other rotations in the AL East. Um, but I do think that that's this team's Achilles heel. And I do think it'll come back to bite them. 
Um, it's just a question of when and, you know, for how long. Um, but I, I, I'd put them at a, like Brendan said, challenging for, for the AL East, but I think that they're a wild card team. Yeah, I would have to agree with you there. I think, if anything, I, I now have more hope and more of a belief that they can win the division. Uh, I'm still in wait and see mode to see if, the, like you said, the pitching can keep it up uh, or even improve for that matter. But uh, it remains to be seen. Uh, so I'm not sure if I'm quite yet ready to back off on sort of their more of a wild card team than, uh, than a division winner team yet uh for lack of a better term but like i said we'll have to wait and see uh do you guys have any final thoughts any any sort of players you're going to want to talk about on the red Sox as we're kind of winding down here well actually i want if i could um you know brennan of course works in for the uh the rays organization and i was just curious you know wander is going to be coming up at some point this year um and you've had the opportunity to work with that guy, number one prospect in baseball. Um, you know, when is he coming up? What can you expect? And, you know, how good is this guy? He's, he's great. He is all the tools to be a superstar. Um, he, he's shown, he's shown the power, he's shown the speed, he's shown the feeling, he's shown the arm. And um, really as of late, I've, I've enjoyed seeing him compete. He's, he's, he has that real, um, that fire and he, he wants to, he wants to show that he's the best player on the field. Um, that's, that's a ton of fun to watch. And um, I think it's scary for people around the league that aren't Rays fans. So that's, um, that's something I'm looking forward to seeing at the big league level. And um, I think when the opportunity presents itself, he'll, he'll be ready to go. That that'll be really fun to watch. Now, I know Wanda Franco. He's, I believe he's the number one ranked prospect in uh, baseball America right now. Uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong there. Uh, no, he are, is, yep. But are there any other prospects coming down the, the Tampa Bay line that you've gotten the chance to work? <laughs> well, I know it's a, there's, there's a plenty, they've got a pipeline down there for sure. But are there any in particular that you'd like to speak towards that you think uh, are, could be impact players down the line? Absolutely. Um, Patino and McClanahan, um, Patino, a right-handed pitcher, McClanahan, a left-handed pitcher. They're both, both recent call-ups, um, to the big league team. And I got the chance to work with them both in the alternate training site. Um, they're both electric arms going to be a ton of fun to watch, um, similar to Wander. And I, I think that they're having obviously the most immediate impact on the team. Um, beyond that, there's, there's a, there's a collection of, um, of infielders and, and a handful of outfielders that um, I think really have a chance to contribute in the next year plus. Um, Brujan, Vidal Brujan is, um, is a, primarily a middle infielder, but he, he's a really versatile guy. I've seen him play um, all around the diamond. He makes some great plays in the outfield, um, has a good bat. He's shown a lot of power recently, which um, is an improvement over recent years. And I think he'll, he, um, he has a decent chance of, of contributing to the big league team this year as well. Um, the overall, the entire organization really is locked and loaded and it, it'll be a, it'll be a fun team for the next few years. Is it, is it tough for you? You know, I know lifelong Sox fan. Now you're, now you're the enemy. You're directly competing against that organization. I know you're not up at the majors yet. Um, but I mean, Sox race, they're on Sunday night baseball. Who do you want to win? 
<laughs> no, it's got to be the Rays. Um, it's it's definitely a change. Um, I, I still find myself, I'm sure, at, at points throughout the podcast that I refer to um, the Red Sox as my team, and that's it for 23 years. It it, it has been my team. Um, whether it was a, as a fan or in, in the past few years working for them. And so that, that definitely was a big change, but um, it's something you embrace pretty quickly. You get down here and it, you're, you're around all the players and um, coaches and team staff and you quickly adjust. And um, I'm loving everything about the Rays organization so far. So it, they, they definitely do not make it hard at all to embrace what they have going on here. Now, for those who don't know and aren't familiar with your work, what role do you have with the organization? What do you kind of do on a day-to-day basis? Sure. Um, my, my official title is an affiliate intern. I, I work with the uh, AAA team in Durham. Um, and my, my primary roles are in video and in advanced scouting. So um, video? During games, Are you banging the trash can? <laughs> that, no, absolutely not. That is not me. Um, no live feeds involved, but, uh, yeah, during the game, we have a a bunch of cameras set up and I'm usually running around the park with, um, with another high speed camera and, um, just collecting as much information on players as we can for, for the organization and also for the players to use in their own player development. Um, and then beyond that, preparing, uh, advanced scouting reports and, um, getting those ready to go for the coaches and, um, I get to work with a team of people that um, that help collect all that information, compile it and um, process it. So it's really easy for everyone to read. And that's been really cool. Um, you see around the league now teams and players with uh, positioning cards, like looking down, they have the lineup and where should I go? Are we shifting for this player and um, things like that. And so now really being involved in that process and getting to see it um, with my own eyes and really getting to impact that with a, with kind of really hands-on for the first time has been really cool. So yeah, I'm kind of involved in a a few different things and trying to learn as much as I can from as many different people as I can my first year. That's awesome. Now I find it funny that index cards sort of like defensive alignments haven't been used more in the past i feel like it, it wasn't a, a popular thing to do even like five years ago maybe maybe i'm wrong there but you feel like you never saw players uh, look casually looking down at, at their pockets at their for an index card to see where they should adjust on the in the field it was kind of just like you just knew where you had to go and and now more than ever you're seeing a lot of it just for every single player um so that's that getting to now hearing that you kind of are a part of that process of putting those together. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, and once you get really involved in it, you're realizing everyone, um, like you said, it's something that's developed more in recent years. And now it's gotten to the point where it seems like just about everyone on the field has, um, their own card for their position. And, um, it's telling them things like, um, positional alignments on for the opposing lineups and um, their tendencies. And also um, in the cases of, I mean, with, with recent years and sign stealing being a big thing, um, the cards will say different, um, different sign systems that, that you can use. And um, if you suspect, suspect that another team has your signs, you can change it on the fly and everyone has their card and everyone will know what's going on. So 
there, there's the cards are full of information. They're um, they're super useful. They're they're very valuable to everyone on the field. So it, it's really cool to now be a part of that process. That's awesome, Dan. You got any final questions you want to pop off here? Oh, did we lose Dan? Uh, Sorry, I, I was <laughs> muted. Um, <laughs> no, I was going to say, uh, you know, realistically, um, if, without picking with your paycheck or your heart, um, how do you like this division shaking out uh, being the AL East? um i to be honest with you i i still think it's going to be a pretty close race between the three um that sounds like kind of a cop out and it probably is but um i think tampa bay has has the tools really to um to make a push later in the season they have all the younger guys that they can bring up and um really bolster that lineup and that both that lineup in the bullpen. Um, so they, they're really in a good position and um, I think we'll kind of make a push there. Um, the Yankees definitely have the, the, the most high end talent um, and the, the most pop, I guess, in the lineup. And so that, that'll always play. And I, uh, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if their pitching hold holds up throughout the course of the year. Um, and then same thing with the Red Sox. I mean, I think it's all, it's all about the pitching for those two teams. Um, so it's definitely going to come down to who, who can stay the most consistent on the mound. And, um, I think offense will be there for all three teams. I know, I know I picked the Rays to win the division going into the season. I haven't seen anything yet that would make me change my mind. Uh, I'm, I still think it should be Rays Yankees and I'll I'll say Red Sox now three. I had them pegged as the four, uh, coming in. But I, I definitely think this should be a really fun division, and I, I can't wait to see how it plays out. Definitely, and it, it's um, disappointing to see a team like Toronto fall out fall out of it with injuries and um, stuff like that. So you, you hope they get healthy and maybe they'll be back in the mix. But um, definitely, will be good to see that race coming down uh, into August and September. Either way. Mm-hmm. Now, as I think, uh, you got any final thoughts you want to share, Brendan, before we, uh, we let you and both Dan Roach go. Um, honestly, I, I think that, uh, I'm really excited about baseball in general this season. I think that, um, beyond just the Red Sox and the Rays, I think the league in general has a lot of storylines that are going to be really cool and, um, that are, that are going to be really interesting to see develop throughout the course of the year. And then additionally, you have, um, Theo Epstein doing big things in the, in the, uh, league office now with trying to change the, change the way the game's played a little bit and, um, make the game a little more fun. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing developments there and developments with team teams across the league. And, um, hopefully we get a few more balls in play and, uh, th- that'll be good for baseball moving forward. Dan final thoughts floor is yours. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just been nice to have the Red Sox and, and baseball as a whole sport you know, back after COVID and, uh, you know, really for the Red Sox last year, just a, a year you'd like to forget. Um, I, I think that there's some health of the sport issues that, that, you know, Theo Epstein's talked about. And, you know, generally I, I'd say that people go about watching baseball, uh, you know, I, I, the wrong way. I, I don't think you have to watch all 162 games. I think it's something where you can sit down, you can enjoy it every once in a while. 
um, for the casual fan. And it, it, that's okay. You don't have to watch every single game, um, especially, you know, when you do have a bona fide ace, like next year, Chris Sale. It's okay to just watch Chris Sale. Um, you know, back, I'm sure people remember when, when Pedro was there, you know, so that's an event Pedro's pitching. So um, health of the game, I, I think things are perfectly fine. I think that, that gets overblown. Um, and I think this year, you, you know, you've seen it a little bit. People are excited. Ticket prices are way up. I know capacity is down, but um, I'm just excited to have baseball back. And um, I love this game. Well said. I think we can end on that note. I want to thank the both of you for hopping on here to talk some, some baseball, talk some Red Sox. And uh, also shout out Brendan for doing an impromptu uh, interview with us. I, I appreciate <laughs> you doing that for us, filling us in on, on what you've been up to of late. So uh, fellas, thanks so much. And uh, I'll look to have you guys back on down the road. That sounds great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. No problem. See you guys. We can do for you.